Hey, this is Cultivating Wellness Media. I'm your host, Lara Ashley, and I'm obsessed with all things business, marketing, and wellness. I'm a habitually leap of faith kind of girl, leaning in and saying yes wherever feasible. This has led me on an incredible journey, both personally throughout the world and professionally, from acting to the always evolving digital advertising world. Throughout our time together on this podcast, I'll bring you insights from leaders in the advertising, data science, and wellness industries to transform your brand presence and most importantly, your business returns. Think of this as your insight into the leap of faiths of others to propel your next adventure. So get ready to be challenged and take action. This is Cultivating Wellness Media. All right. Hey, Trailblazers. This is Laura Ashley from Cultivating Wellness Media, and I am joined today by a multifaceted, amazing woman named Marianne Walsh. She has dual bachelor degrees in biological sciences, nutrition, and dietetics. Dietetics. I'm, she'll have to correct me on that. That is definitely <laughs> right. wrong. Oh, okay, good. Um, has a master's degree in food and nutrition and is getting her doctorate in psychology. The, the way that she uses all of these degrees in her everyday profession is so incredible and, and really cultivating an approach to nutrition and weight loss that is not a one-size-fits-all, but really understanding that we're all super unique and our circumstances are different, our lifestyles are different, and making sure that she works with not only clients, um, organizations, but also brands so that they can simplify all of the numerous ways to fit nutrition and weight loss into our lives. I just think that is the coolest thing ever. She has some really exciting news to share today. Um, She also has been on numerous online and print publications, to name a few, Huffington Post, Shape Magazine, Men's Journal, as well as uh, News Network affiliate appearances on NBC. CBS and ABC. To say that she is a well-rounded woman is an understatement. And to top that off, she is a mama of a 16-month-old. So that is one super busy life. Marianne, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Laura. Thank you for the very flattering introduction as well. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. I mean, when we connected through the Entrepreneurista League, I was just so excited to meet another mom that's so driven in their profession. Uh, you have really gone after educating yourself thoroughly, for sure, as well as turning that education into digestible information for people that you work with. Um, and I think that's the hardest part, probably, is... Um, figuring out how to take all of that knowledge that you have in your brain and translate it to something that either a brand or a brand's marketing and uh, sales department or whomever it is you work with when you're working with brands or the consumer can really understand. So maybe you want to tell us a little bit of insight into how you make all of that work. Yeah. So I think as I've gotten older, I've learned the, the, the art of time management. You know, you always hear like, oh, everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day. And we do all have the same 24 hours in a day, but everyone's 24 hours looks a lot different. And we all come from different situations, different backgrounds. We all have our own crap trauma (laughs) things that affect us 
you know, our everyday lives, things like that. So I, I've learned that time management for me is just like the biggest key to keeping things under control and being able to fit in everything that I want to do, my, my goals, my aspirations, while still being, you know, an attentive mom, you know, raising my toddler now on my own. Because um, I, I think I'd mentioned this too before, but I'm a single mom by choice. So I chose to have a baby on my own, uh, you know, with a sperm donor, thanks to science. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's just, it's, yeah. um, it's really just, that's, that's how you make it all work. And I think you had mentioned kind of just how you appreciate women that really are going after what they want. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's that drive. It's that inner drive that we just want so much mm-hmm. and we'll do, we'll, we'll be strategic to make it happen and be strategic with our time and, and our energy and avoiding, I've, I've, I've been seeing this term energy leaks all over the place. And I love it because it makes sense. There are so many energy leaks. It's about kind of like plugging up those leaks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I please teach me time management. I am constantly <laughs> evolving and trying to figure out my new time management skills as every, every season I come into or um, new task I add to my plate because I'm mm-hmm. always wanting to try to learn something new and say, figure out how I can add that to my business. Um, but so how did you, like, what led you down the path of the different degrees that you've had and then ultimately kind of incorporating the psychology aspect, which I think is super important, but what kind of made you take that decision to, to get your doctorate in psychology from the biological science, nutrition, more the science-based um, end of things? Yeah, I think we all kind of go through seasons in our life where we're, you know, fascinated by certain things and drawn to certain things. And some people, it just, it stays consistent. Some people like me, it's like, Oh my God, I love this. I love this. And, and again, it's about really just learning to kind of like, all right, how do I manage my passions, my my purpose in life? How do I manage all that while making a living? And while also, you know, being present for my family and things like that. So definitely my personal mental health struggles for sure over the years and overcoming them, you know, which as we all, as anybody who has any history of mental health issues, it's a, it's not, it's, you don't overcome them and they're just gone forever. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's an evolving, never ending process yeah. that makes us stronger as human beings, of course. But being a dietitian now for over 10 years, learning and seeing that there was so much more of a behavioral component to working with people and even working with brands. It wasn't so, it's never really been so much, especially working with marketing teams, whether you're, whether I'm I'm working with a patient or whether I'm working with a marketing team on a a brand campaign, it always comes down to the behaviors of that person Mm. more so than the nitty gritty of, you know, how many calories they're supposed to eat a day Mm. or, you know, how many servings of fruits and vegetables they're supposed to eat a day. So the more and more I got into it, the more and more I was just like, I want to know more about this. Like I want to, I was on my bucket list to have a PhD and I, and I was exploring the idea of doing it in nutrition. And then I was just like, well, I already have degrees in nutrition. So I love psychology so much. It's like one of those things that I read about in my, like, in my very little spare time, but because it's an interest of mine. So that's what led me down that path. And again, as a busy mom, a single mom to a toddler, and I started this before, but I actually started it during COVID. I found that, you know, there's this whole appreciation for distance learning now. So they have so many programs that you can do online 
is it exactly the same as being in a, a classroom setting in certain situations? Maybe not for every course, but I think for most of the courses, as someone who's obviously been through the whole traditional academic world, given, you know, given my age and the fact that I'm in my late 30s. So, you know, we didn't really have online learning 16, mm-hmm. 17 years ago yeah. or 20, 20 years ago. Gosh, 20 years mm-hmm. ago when I started college. So after going through the traditional pathway of education and seeing how there really are a lot of parallels and there's some really great programs for busy professionals and parents to pursue further education. So that's kind of what led me down that road and making it all work. I love that. And I love that you kind of saw what was happening in your everyday kind of practice and, and everyday job and, and um, that you've grown at one and two, that you saw where there was a need for more and decided to go out there and, and educate yourself and get it for yourself. So you could bring that knowledge, not only to our, your own personal everyday life, because certainly I'm sure can enhance so many things, but bring it to your professional life. And, you know, mental health is definitely something super, super near and dear to me. I've struggled with my share of things throughout my life. And, you know, not until I kind of started seeking help through therapists. And ultimately for me, medication was the best choice, but not until the the combination of those. And I've tried out many different versions of therapies and and, and I would have to say that different seasons of life, different types of therapies have worked for me. For different issues, different types of therapies work for me. And so I like the, the ability to have all the options. But the largest thing for me, at least, when it comes to mental health, that's kind of like taken me, I don't want to say to the next level, but the next level of being content in where I'm at or where I'm going or and or helping me like expand is watching um, things that my daughter go- has gone through. She had some really rough times that came out of COVID. Now, mind you, it was like a, she was three and a half when, when everything shut down and we oh, yeah. moved. She was three and a half and school stopped and we had a brand new baby all at the exact same oh. time. And so it was a lot yeah. of change for her. Um, and in a, a positive change that came out of it besides the sister and, and, um, the new house, which maybe wasn't so positive for her, but is her dad traveled a ton and her dad was then grounded for about two years, um, home with us. So that was also a huge change for her while positive. It was just very different because she had all of my time before that. And, Mm. I was a stay-at-home mom at that time, and she just had, it was just her and I all the time. And then all of a sudden, we're in this new place, and there's two more people taking up time, and she doesn't have her outlet of her friends. It took me to a really, while she was struggling, yes, it took me to a really dark place. And it wasn't until a year after, like, I didn't remove myself from the family, but removing myself from being a stay-at-home mom and the day-to-day, did I even start to realize how traumatized I was from it all? And we've now, you know, through tons of therapy for various forms of therapy for my daughter, the one that seemed most successful, surprisingly, and and for a lot of emotional things was occupational therapy. And I think maybe because of how young she was, the physical aspect of it, we weren't sending her to occupational therapy for emotional or mental stuff. But I'd say that's where she found the most growth because there was such a physical component to it and it helped her gain so much conf- 
confidence while she was going through that. And mind you, we have an amazing occupational therapist. So she also did some emotional stuff with her as well. But I found myself noticing some of my things that I could work on through her. And then since both her and I have kind of more recently gotten to a better place, both from kind of all that trauma of that period of time um, and my own stuff, she has been learning how to, she's seven now, she has been learning how to ride a bike. And it is so fun to be an entrepreneur and a small business owner and assist small business owners and entrepreneurs and watch at the same time, see the parallel analogy of watching a seven-year-old learn how to ride without training wheels. It, I cannot even tell you like how, how many parallels there are there and the fact of like persistence and get up if you fall and all these sorts of things. And I just felt so much growth come out of myself and being like, well, if I'm telling her she has to get on this bike and keep trying, if I'm telling her to do this big, scary thing, if I'm telling her to take the breaths, one day she was really trying and she was very scared and she has high, high anxiety. So anything scary really spikes that quickly. She was trying to ride her bike while I'm holding on and she was just going, Oh, that's amazing. And she was trying to regulate her own nervous system. And I was like, how unbelievable. How amazing is that? That a seven-year-old, like how lucky is this younger generation that they have parents like us that have done all that hard work, that have all that knowledge out there for us in order to teach them to like have those toolkits at an early age. Like I knew nothing about any of that. And now when she finally, like one day when she rode her bike, we were just, I was riding on a bike behind her. She would just had her feet going on the ground. And then she was walking next to a friend. She was on her bike. The friend was walking and she just put her feet up and started riding. And I was like, what? what's happening right now? Like she just, like they say, just one day you, you can. And I think that that's something really cool to like bring into all of our journeys as we're like building and creating and liking to learn, learn new things and, you know, Mm. branch out and, and go for that big, exciting new possibility of adventure that, that we've been hoping for. Is there anything out there that you've been like really striving for and hoping for in your professional life? Oh, I mean, I'm sure you can relate. There's always, there's always, there's a, there's like the immediate needle movers and the immediate things that need. And then there's like the long-term goals, like that you have on your vision board or whatever that you're always kind of going for. And so, yeah, I mean, I've got all these, this outline to eventually write a book. I've got a bunch of other things going on, but um, recently, well, actually as of yesterday, I found out that I, that I got accepted to do a TEDx talk, which I'm so excited about. Um, That's been on my vision board list of things that I want to do like professional goals for a while now. And I had, I, you know, I started the process of, of applying and there's an art, to crafting the topic because, you know, they're at this point, they don't want just another motivational speaker. A lot of the organizers don't just want another like motivational speaker. So it's really about like crafting a great talk and a great topic and a title and things like that. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm super excited. I'm still kind of like getting my bearings of like, okay, like now I got to like really finish now I gotta do it. And, 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 and practice and all that. But um, yeah, I'm super excited. And, and to sort of like really link it back to what you were saying about your daughter, it's one of those situations where you just have to trust the process of, do you just have to keep trying? You know, like I, I was sort of like, I took it for granted thinking like, oh, like it, there's so many all over the country. I can just reach out to an organizer and they're just going to think I'm great. And they're going to, you know, it, like we kind of have, and then you start reading about people's situations of, you know, I applied, I had to apply to a hundred before I get accepted or I had to, you know, and so it really just, you're just like, okay, let me trust the process. You know, you apply, they already, you know, they, the organizer might've already had a list of people because it's, they either knew people and they didn't put out an open call or whatever. Like it's a, it's a really interesting and, and beautiful program. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's everyone that organizes it. They're volunteers. They just love the mission of TEDx. And, you know, obviously the people that do them like myself, like it's, it's, you know, you don't get paid to do it or but it's such, such a, no, it's just such a it's an amazing. Such a, that is so exciting experience. Yeah, that yeah. is so and again, so exciting. Yeah. You yeah, t- you really... put in the reps. You did the work. You you I'm sure educated yourself. It sounds like on what's the best way. What's the way to frame yourself best in order to get picked or have the honor to go out and speak. And then, like you said, I didn't realize the people that actually worked for it were volunteers, but that's amazing. And that it's such a great platform to get valuable information out to more people. And that's really cool that you're going to have the opportunity to go out there and speak. Now, I imagine there's a whole lot of work that has to happen between now and then, but that's the, not it's scary, but that's also kind of like the fun part. You're getting to like do the thing now Mm. that you know you're good at and that really lights you up and you're your daughter gets to see that even though she's 16 months old, she gets to see her mom, if not now, but in the future, she gets to feel the energy that is going to be coming off of you. That's just so excited. And her mom is doing something so cool. And a lot ties back to me with motherhood of like really setting up whether I'm a stay-at-home mom or a working professional, setting up that my children get to see me in a light that that I'm feeling really valuable and feeling really um, like have a sense of worth in whatever my choice is to do, so that they understand that their their choices is where that comes from and not from someone else or something else. And to tie that back to nutrition is if you don't have a strong sense of worth personally and that kind of psychology aspect of it, I imagine that's where a lot of you come across. That's where a lot of issues arise is that, you know, people are trying to find that through something else. Is that maybe something you see in your practice or am I just totally making that up? Oh yeah. You know, and, and the, um ethos of the TEDx talk that I'm going to be doing is really focused on like dietary dogmas, essentially. And dogmas are kind of when people just are really just blindly led in by, by, you know, these sets of rules or what's the proper way of saying it. (laughs) I can't think of the, the words not coming to my mind, but they see someone and they see that they look aspirational on, you know, on Instagram or TikTok or social, any social media channel in, in general. 
and they see, oh, what I eat in a day. And they see that they ate this, 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 this. And they're like, oh, I don't like the way my body looks. I like the way her body looks. I'm going to eat exactly Mm -hmm, what she mm -hmm, eats. mm -hmm. Um, Or they see this really, you know, famous reality star that has no background really in nutrition, but they look amazing and they're super skinny. They got no body fat, whatever. And, you know, 20 years old, no children, things like that. (laughs) You know, we all have the same 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, And they see what they're eating and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do exactly what they're telling me to do because they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's and it comes down to, you know, the, the problem with that is everyone's so different. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone has different, again, sometimes traumas around food, traumas around if they have a, a history of if, if, they're, if their mom had issues with food. And they were super restrictive and they were like, hey, you, I can't eat this. And then the daughter goes up thinking that or whatever, you know, or we all have different, different lifestyles, different budgets, different, different cultural backgrounds. We live in different parts of the country. It's, there's so many different factors that come into play when it comes to nutrition. And so while you can, you know, while working with brands and organizations, a lot of times you're, you're sort of just disseminating general guidance it's always important to really explain that there's nuances to each individual person and how they approach that general guidance. And so, so yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. And, and again, it all comes down to those behavioral pieces and just the fact that everyone kind of needs to be in touch and in tune with their own feelings and what feels good for them and their preferences and things like that. I feel like I'm like kind of rambling, but I think you kind of get what I'm saying. No, I I do. And I I love it because I I wholeheartedly believe that. And yesterday, a kind of silly little story is my daughter was like, my stomach and myself and our nanny both thought she was going to say like hurts. And we were like, oh no. And she goes, my stomach is telling me I need yogurt. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I love that you know exactly what your body needs right now. And I, I was know. thankful it wasn't like cookies or ice cream because that's I usually know. my kids. But she's yeah. like, my stomach is telling me I need yogurt. I was like, you go, girl. Way to know your body so well. I know. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so and, great. Um, but no, so what are you thinking these days with like all the amazing tools that are coming out for us to kind of like get a better understanding of how our how f- certain foods interact with our body or our body interacts with certain foods, kind of like all the gut health testing and all these other kind of like I know there's a few brands out there where you can like they'll analyze all sorts of fluids, I guess. I, that's a yeah. really gross way to say it, but I don't know how else to. Um, I know, right? I know yeah. exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> um, and, and, and or like a glucose testing becoming more mainstream outside of just diabetes. So people are, you know, people that are really working on optimizing their health and lifestyle and being able to kind of really get a strong understanding of how food it affects them individually. Uh, it sounds like you'd probably be pretty pro that, but have you come across like come across any or like, do you see any like really great impactful ways that that's going to work well for the more mainstream society versus the like people that are optimizing their health and, and effectively trying to like get cut, cut, get cut or lean or whatever it may be. Yeah. I think 
it's, you know, the more information, the more tools we have, the better. I think that it can be really helpful and beneficial and a positive thing for so many people. But I also think too, just like with anything else, sometimes if people get really obsessive about, you know, what these tests are telling them, and then, you know, if a test tells them that they might be sensitive to um, a particular food, but yet they've never shown any symptoms Mm -hmm. about that food, it could mean that there's stuff going on internally, some inflammation happening as a result, even though they're not necessarily, they've never felt like they've had an issue to that food. And so then they might get obsessive and just avoid that food in general. And it, it really is, you have to have like that good balance when it comes to this stuff, because you could get so obsessed with, you know, all of the information that mm-hmm. that's at your fingertips, so mm-hmm. obsessive that to the point where it affects it you, like you're, you have so much anxiety around food. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing that I've found is that some people, again, some people will say, I actually just had a conversation a couple weeks ago with a friend who, a friend of a friend who said, hey, like, Marion, do you mind just like having like a, a quick phone call with him because he's having some issues with, with his digestion and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we get, on the, we get on the phone and he's like, yeah, I took this food sensitivity test and it basically said that I'm sensitive to this and this and this. But those have never bothered me before. But then it said that I'm not sensitive to this and this and this, but those bother me really badly. And so I think the technology is still evolving because sometimes with certain tests, you have to have actually eaten that particular food recently in order for, depending on the, the format of the test and things like that, because there's, there's a few different kinds now, you have to have actually ingested that food in certain amounts for it to even show up that your body is, you know, producing the antibodies against XYZ food. So I still think it's evolving. I think that it's one of those things, if someone has the means to buy the test, because, you know, this stuff's not really covered by no. insurance yet. No, and it's um, not cheap. Yeah, and it's not cheap. I think if someone has the means... And they're just, they have this like interest in it. I I say go for it. I think if someone is, they don't necessarily have it in their budget. I think, I think honestly, just the good old fashioned pen and paper of writing, you know, keeping a food journal, those elimination diets, like basically like you eliminate foods that you think are bothering you, keep them out of your diet for a few weeks. Then you start introducing them back in and you can Google that. Like you can literally Google um, a FOD, the FODMAPS diet. That's that's a really common elimination diet. And people can kind of do it on their own if they don't have the means. Yeah. It also sounds like even, even if someone has the means, what I'm hearing a little bit is it's really useful, but if you have the means and you're deciding to go down that route, you may also want to include a nutritionist or someone that has an education background and not just go out on your own and, and take the test so that you have someone to help you read it and understand yeah. it and yeah. and really make a plan from there because there could be information that's in that you receive from it but it may not mean exactly what the layman person might read it to mean and i think the biggest thing that i've seen with a lot of them is that the regularity that's necessary for testing is and how quickly things can change, not quickly, but six months is quickly to me, that that things change in the body system. So to make sure that you're either talking with your medical practitioner or with a dietitian in tandem with it, because you are kind of dealing with your health and you don't want to all of a sudden cut out like 
a whole section of nutrients that are necessary for your body. Um, yeah. And yeah. You may, and- or they may be able to suggest an alternative way to get the nutrients of which you may have gotten from said particular item. I know I've had my gallbladder removed. Um, I had some complications because of that came from child from pregnancies. And so I had to have my gallbladder removed and that did make a, a, a big difference in my lifestyle and things. I mean, I can eat anything, but I notice if I eat larger amounts of certain things, it causes issues. And the saddest one is avocados and it's because oh. they're so high fat. I mean, I can yeah. eat them. I just can't eat them every single day. Like, you know, I can't have one every day because then I'll start to feel effects of it. Um, so I've just learned to, to kind of work around that and be conscious. And whenever I get into a kick where I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have avocado toast every day and I'm going to be so healthy. And then, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, Oh wait, that, no, why does the side, why do I have this sharp pain in my side? Oh, right. That's right. I can't do that. Like twice a year that happens. I forget it twice a year without fail. Are you Um, kind of hope that maybe like maybe (laughs) your system just changed or whatever? Yeah. 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 And and that's, then that's the thing. And that's why it's like, you know, you can take the information that these tests are giving you, or you can take the guidance from your medical providers and say, Hey, you know, you need to cut out high fat stuff, things like that. But everyone's so different. So the fact that you can have a little bit here and there is great. Whereas someone else might not be able to, um, and you know, and just, you, you would, you had mentioned the, um, the blood glucose, my, uh, glucometers. And I think, I think those are really, I think those are really cool. I think that's another cool thing. Like, again, the more information we have, the better, because, you know, pre-diabetes and diabetes is just, just becoming increasingly, um, an issue. And again, it's about seeing like the nuances in each of our bodies, just like, again, with you, certain, certain foods with fat, you can have a little bit of here and there, but if you're going on this, like, major avocado toast, uh, kick, then that's not going to work. (laughs) Uh, An amazing long French meal with red wine is not in my cards. It is really sad. Uh, Uh, I miss those, but, uh, yes. (laughs) Uh, but no, and I think with the glucose monitoring, what's really interesting is, is busy moms and, and entrepreneurs. Now, mind you, I haven't tried it myself, but I think it's really something that could be of asset to, to people that have are trying to figure out how to hack more hours into their day because that kind of glucose dip is often what or spike I, I'm actually not a nutritionist surprise surprise but whichever way is the one that makes us tired maybe both yeah. ways really could inform us in a lot of ways of of things that um ways that we can increase our energy level or stabilize our energy level throughout the day. And I think that's so cool. I have been, I'm down in Houston, Texas, so I've kind of been waiting, contemplating testing one out um, this winter to kind of just see like what it's about and try it. And I have the means and and it kind of aligns with what I do professionally um, in marketing health and wellness brands. And so I think it'd be a fun like adventure to see um, and hope that something really beneficial comes out of it for, for me being able to show up more efficiently professionally and more efficiently for my children and kind of getting rid of some of that brain fog that can happen at times that, that, if I can eliminate like 1% of that, so I am 1% less likely to snap at my girls because of the cluttery house or the the 70 things, tabs open in my brain, then amazing. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and and honestly, I mean, I, I think it is a it, I think it is a cool idea um, to look into because I over the years just being in the field that I'm in and whatnot, like I've really learned that and using not a continuous glucose, but uh, having a glucometer with the finger sticks and stuff like that. I learned that I'm prone to reactive hypoglycemia, which is basically like you eat carbs and then, you know, a couple, a little bit later, your, your, your blood sugar dips lower than the average person. A lot of us have, like, if we eat a high carb lunch, for example, we'll have that blood sugar spike and then the dip. And that's what makes us feel just really tired and want to take a nap but some people have it a little bit worse. So for me, I have to really be consistent throughout the day, every three to four, I have to eat every three to four hours. I'm not, I'll never be able to do intermittent fasting. It's just not, again, but if you, do, if you buy into like these dogmas of intermittent fasting is great for everyone, I would feel like total crap if I did it. So, and, and, and I learned that over the years and I learned that, you know, do I have boundless amounts of energy every single day? No, but for the most part, I've learned that I can kind of, not hack, but I can kind of like really rely on consistent energy if I make sure that I'm eating every three to four hours and taking in a consistent amount of carbs. And so again, that, that's why I think it would be, I think it is kind of cool to use those, the, the continuous glucose yeah. meters just to learn about your own body. Cause we're all so different. For sure. And I know my aunt uses it now, which is amazing because she does have diabetes, but she, you know, used to have to do the other version of it. And now she's able to have much more real time understanding of where she's at. Now, sometimes she maybe use it to, to indulge. Yes. But that's also good. She gets to enjoy her life in that she knows when it it's in a safer, safer place. And, you know, I think it's so cool that those things are out there. And do you now? I know you've kind of like branched out professionally. You worked with brands for a long time. You've done uh, one-on-one sessions for a while. And then you were mentioning, you've started kind of a new avenue that you've been working with with people and it's brought a lot of joy to your heart. Do you mind kind of talking a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I kind of, I, in the past, you know, in this most recent season of my life, I kind of got away from doing like really like one-on-one consults because it was kind of burning me out the, the aspect of getting new clients and the business aspect and people canceling and rescheduling. And I just couldn't, it, it wasn't working. Um, so I had the opportunity to work at a substance abuse facility here in South Florida there's a lot of them here in South Florida, a residential psych substance abuse detox center, just 10 hours a week, nothing crazy. It still allows me to do the the business stuff that I love and the consulting stuff that I love. But it's it's really been so, so surprisingly rewarding to work with this demographic because I think there's a lot of, um, again, there's a lot of misconceptions about mental health in general. And I don't, I don't know the exact percentage, but it's probably close to 95% of the patients in it's 120 bed facility that come in for substance abuse do have pre-existing mental health issues. The trauma that some of these people have been through is unimaginable when you read their psyche valves. And so just seeing that and being able to kind of take a step back and realize that like, wow, like I think sometimes we judge we judge people so easily because of, you know, what we see initially, but when you actually get to know people and you get to know like what they've been through, you really, it, it's really, uh, it's helped me grow. It's helped me grow my emotional intelligence for sure. 
just seeing how, you know, and just, you know, when people you hear, oh my God, this person's been in and out of rehab for 20 years, you know, but at the end of the day, that person's not quitting. So if it takes 20th time for them to finally kick that addiction, then they succeeded again. They didn't, they haven't necessarily failed until, you know, unfortunately sometimes people pass away or they different situations like that, but, um, they haven't necessarily failed until they've actually truly quit and given up and trying to get better. And so that's been, that's been like super inspiring and just seeing too, um, again, I'm a dietitian, so I'm working mostly on the, the nutrition aspect of things, but there's, you know, obviously tons of, tons of therapists that work there and a lot of peer counselors that have overcome substance abuse themselves and they, they lead groups and they inspire others ta- sharing their story about how they overcame substance abuse issues. And just, again, just seeing like they didn't give up. They didn't give up. It wasn't like it wasn't easy for them. It might have taken them five years, 10 years, but they never, they kept falling down, but they kept getting back. And eventually they, they really made it out on the other side. And so it's just, um, it's super inspiring. And um, just seeing the people that really do want help, yeah, do want to get so better. powerful. Yeah, it is a yeah. true, you know, addiction, mental health crisis. Mm. And it is no, no small feat to try to overcome something yeah. like that. And to, to stay in a healthy place for yourself. And there are a lot of temptations in the world. And there are a lot of connections and and people in our lives that may either be the enabler or the person that that drags you back and you have to also learn a lot about your own personal growth and and be able to stand on your own strength in order to not slide into that I cannot imagine what that those day in and day outs at the facility must feel like but it, I can see yeah. how it could be so empowering and do you work yeah. from a, a nutrition or dietitian perspective do you work on like advising them on what food the facility serves or how is it that you work with them in day, day in and day out? Yeah. So it's a variety of things. Um, so I do groups, I lead groups with just kind of general nutrition topics. And then also too, we have patients that might have diabetes or might have hypertension or might have usually not nothing, not serious medical cases because those go on to a higher level of care, but you know, people that they might have ne- they have they've been diagnosed with diabetes but they've never actually met with a dietitian to talk about what to eat because you know they might have had state state medical benefits and so um or they might you know the doctor saw them told them hey you have diabetes mm. take this pill eat better right. <laughs> right. eat better whatever that means yeah. um and go on your way and they've never received proper education. So this is the opportunity for them to get that education, you know, or they, maybe they never had proper transportation to get to certain appointments, even if that education was covered. So that yeah, mostly diabetes, amazing. hypertension. Yeah. How amazing that you're able to provide that education, knowledge, and support to people that are in a really vulnerable state that are really trying to make themselves better. And you're just giving them one additional piece of knowledge for their toolkit to help them stay better. Cause in those scenarios, the pain that they're feeling from those, um, kind of symptoms may be 
the maybe I'm not saying it is maybe a trigger for what causes them to slide back because they're in pain or in a bad place health wise in order to you know stay clean um, or be able to have a clear enough mind to get the psychological help that they may need just like all the rest of us I know um, I know when I'm I know when I'm in a healthier place nutritionally, certainly, I'm able to do better things for myself. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Make the right even choices. Even just water, even just I drinking know. water. It's like one of those things, like I've never been great at drinking water myself. So I always kind of lead with the lead with the self-admission of like when I'm telling people like, you know, a one to 2% body water loss equals hydration. And that can affect your mood, your cognitive function, your energy levels. And I'll always be like, and believe me, I am a work in progress with water myself. Like I need to, it's not just natural for me to just constantly be like pulling this water cup over. So I have to try because I know the benefits of, of drinking water and that can affect, you know, it really can affect your mood and your energy levels and your concentration. If you are even 1% dehydrated. Wow. So I, I can believe that. And I, I recently, yeah. I, I personally drink a ton of water, but this was something interesting and I have not gone further to kind of like look into it, but I recently did a, like a, an electromagnetic workout type thing, you know, where it does the EMS like sensor things just to try it out. And when they do that, um, they, they monitor or do like a test of your water that like how much water, like a water absorption or like how much water, how much water to tell you if you're more dehydrated or hydrated. And I was like, Oh, I drink tons of water. I'll be fine. And it came back lower. And now mind you, it may not be that efficient of a test, but it made me start to think like, I wonder if I might drink a good amount of water, but maybe my body isn't absorbing. Like mm. maybe there's a like part there that I'm missing that I need to look into that it's not like yeah. retaining the water in order to keep myself hydrated. Like, I wonder if there's something there. And so it's just fascinating to me that there can be so many nuances to every little thing. And the best that any of us can do is just try to get the information either out to other people or for ourselves and translate the information to the best that we can. And I think that's what I love about your approach to it is that it's very much like meeting any individual at where they're at, helping that individual have the knowledge that can make, you know, enhance their life and their body. And then giving them like kind of suggestions or tips of, of things to try, like an elimination diet that is really tangibly um, inexpensive. And it's a way that, you know, you're not coming at it from an angle that you're saying you need to spend all of this money and then you'll get healthier. <laughs> you're yeah. coming at it from a direction. And you, when you work with your brands, when you look work at the facility or in the past when we worked on one-on-one, -on -one, I imagine it was all kind of similar that like, how can we make this more approachable and how can we make this more attainable for a wider audience so that they can in turn enhance themselves or meet the goals they're trying to meet? And in my mindset, and I imagine it sounds like yours as well, is if we can, all, if we can do that for other people, we can create more people that are doing that, which is just creating a better place in, in the earth or in the U.S. or wherever it is that we're working so that we've got more people out in the world that are clear headed and, and working with a healthier lifestyle for themselves to enjoy or be content with this time we have on earth. 
Yeah. That was very um, intense. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> I but went I get real it. deep there. I get it. Cause I think, and I think too, the more we, the more we talk about and give our advice, whether in a, in a personal or professional setting, it really, the more we hear it come out of our mouth, the more we're reminded that we need to be doing these things too, if we're oh. not necessarily, <laughs> cause you know, we have to practice what yeah. we preach. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's good for everyone all around. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I feel that one so deeply. And I think that's why almost my whole life, if not my whole life, I've been so open about any sort of mental health things that I've gone through. I've been lucky to not have any major food issues. Um, but I do talk about even with my gallbladder remover, I tell, I tell people about that because it, I, you would be shocked at how many people end up being like, Oh, maybe I have a problem there. And I'm like, well, you know, may or may not, but so, you know, because mine was a cusp thing, there's another test. They may not be mentioning to you that if your insurance covers it, I would recommend getting done and it can more conclusively tell you. And that test is what ended up. And it's like they put a dye and I sit in this machine and it tells me the absorption rate of like the the fats. And in before that, it wasn't really showing anything apparent. And then I got that done and it was like, oh no, definitely a problem. And unless I would have like pushed for that test, I wouldn't, I would just been living in pain. And so I think the more any of us can talk about our experiences, like you just said, the more we can bring awareness to other people. And I love while I've been doing it for a long time, I love that it's becoming more commonplace for others to speak about what's going on in their lives. And Oh yeah. Because no, I mean, at the end of the day, really it's, it's not, it's not really the fault of, of the doctors. I mean, doctors are, you know, ever they have the best intentions, um, doctors and healthcare providers, but they're, it's, if they're back-to-back appointments and someone doesn't speak up, they, they can't read your mind and they can't, you know, if you're like, Oh, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, you feel fine. They're relying on the information that you're giving them. And so that's why, again, if someone hears that this test maybe finds something that they they kind of just thought was normal to feel that way, they're like, oh, maybe I should go ask my doctor for this particular test. It's like a thyroid is another, it, that's a condition where hypothyroid, where a lot of times people are like, well, I'm just, I'm tired in general. Like I'm a busy mom, I'm tired in general. And then they find out that there's a, there's like a test beyond the normal testing that you can take to figure out if, um, you know, if you might have Hashimoto's or, or, you know, again, hypo, hypothyroid in general. So I think it's, it is important the more and more that people talk about their issues and things and, and um, then, Science. I mean, yeah. we have science has come a long way. Let's take advantage of it. And and then again, going back to making sure you're talking with people, the correctly the appropriately educated people that can understand and synthesize that information for you and for your body so that you can oh, yeah. um <laughs> make correct decisions from that, I think is always oh, important yeah. to state when when dealing with nutrition and health. Well, Marianne, what is a good way for people to continue to follow your journey and get to learn more about this TED talk that is coming up and and support you. I'm so excited about you and for you and just want to support you you. in any way I can. So um, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And we'll put it in the show notes um, for sure. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram uh, at Marianne Walsh RD. And then I, I've been in, I've really been into LinkedIn lately. You know, I, I don't know. It's kind of been my 
my social media network of choice lately. Um, so, and then I'm on LinkedIn. I, I think it's Marianne Walsh RD on LinkedIn. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's many other Marianne Walsh is not Amazing. a common name. So you should be able to find me. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I have just had so much fun talking with you today. Yeah. I know that there's going to be so much valuable information for all of our listeners. And I can't wait to watch your journey and support it. And hopefully maybe Same. we'll have you come back on and uh, talk about your experience from the TED Talk. That would be super yeah. fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Let's, let's hope it goes well. <laughs> yes. Oh, I believe 100% it's going to go amazing for you. And <laughs> so, uh, trailblazers, I just want you to keep blazing that trail all week long. I can't wait to talk to you again. And if you found this valuable, please share it with a friend. Let us know if you have any comments, any questions, and we'd love to get back to you. Uh, until then you have a great day. I'm sending you a virtual hug because you've just reached the end of another incredible episode of Cultivating Wellness Media. Time sure flies when you're diving into inspiring content, doesn't it? If you're hungry for more or eager to share your own wellness journey, I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram. Don't forget to visit the show notes for all the necessary contact details. Keep cultivating your well-being and spreading that positive energy until we meet again. Thank you for joining me on this trailblazing adventure.